You have found Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. We are locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening or watching this on the web, you could do us a huge favor and share it with your entrepreneurial friends. Audio episodes can be found in the podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Today, we're welcoming slash preparing to learn from Helena Gibson from Unveil Restorative Hair Care. And Helena, how is it going today? It is going awesome. It's beautiful weather. Um, it's nice, like overcast day in sunny California. Oh, nice. Well, any day in California is probably better than a day in Wisconsin. So you win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> definitely win. So tell us, what is Unveil? So Unveil is a restorative hair care line that helps to thicken the hair. So a lot of our clients, um, I have brick and mortar stores that I've had for the last 21 years in oh, nice. San Diego and in Fresno, California, which is central California. And I noticed a lot of the people were coming in and buying um, Rogaine-based products. There are certain ones, um, Viviscal, Revitagen, and there were things that they didn't like about it because they had synthetic ingredients or they had shellfish in them. And so I started thinking about that when COVID happened and it shut my business down. Mm. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I've had 19 years of this business and now all of a sudden the government can shut it. I've got to come up with something else. Well, I couldn't do wigs because wigs are all usually manufactured overseas. So then I thought, okay, what's my next biggest skew in that I can create in the US, which were these hair products and which were these things that clients had been complaining about over the years. So I started doing some research and I found that plant stem cells actually can regenerate. And what happens is as our hair gets older, our scalp and our hair follicles, they miniaturize. And these plant stem cells actually help to, you can imagine it kind of coming down and like atrophy, it actually helps the bulb. And so the hair starts regrowing again. And so then I just, you know, hired some formulators. I went through like three different ones and everything during COVID that could come up trying to, you know, find people and chemists I could work with and understand their lingo. And I would want this and they would say that wouldn't work. Well, after two years, Unveil was finally born with my hero product, which is our serum. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. So yeah. you took this pandemic. You know, it's interesting how a lot of people reacted <clears throat> to the pandemic. Because, I mean, yeah. shutting your business down, that had to be a not great thing. I certainly know it wasn't a great thing on our end. Yeah, no. And that's, uh, but that's very interesting that you took that gear shift to something like we're coming up with a whole new product designing it from scratch or something scratch i believe yeah yeah wow that yeah. is cool so yeah, that me, was very oh i'm sorry with the um with the salon what yeah. did you end up doing with the salons because california i'm trying to think where california was at with their closing and stuff like that uh oh he closed us um <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not in florida we got closed um, luckily though, I'm not an actual salon. So what I've done for all these years is I'm in hair replacement. So I do wigs and hair pieces for cancer patients. So we oh, do nice. cranial prosthesis. So after I was done crying for about three days in my shower, then I realized to let my salon license go. And we went on, we opened back up three days later as DME as durable medical equipment for the cranial prosthesis. So I oh. actually didn't close. Smart woman. I yeah. Love it. So Three days later, we were back open. Now, my staff didn't want to come back. So my Fresno store was completely closed. 
I just stayed open down here in San Diego and I was open two days a week by appointment. So then people would come to the website and I would just stack them on those days. And we actually did the same volume during those two months that I didn't have staff in as we usually do just by booking them, you know, cause they were serious to come in. I had the hospitals referring to me. I let them know I was still open because unfortunately people were still losing their hair and there's still mirrors in their houses and they still wanted to feel good during COVID. And so the business actually took off. And then on the days I wasn't in the store, I was working on launching Unveil. Wow. That is yeah. impressive. Thank you. Oh, I love having people like you on the podcast. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? Is, you know, all these things come at us, but it's, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. I mean, I did, I cried for three days, <laughs> you know, but then I sat down and I thought, okay, what can I do? Because I'm a single mom. My daughter was just in her senior year of college. She was flying back. She was in Canada. So she's watching what I'm doing. I had to finish paying off her school. I mean, I had a lot of obligations. So we just had to make it work and figure out how to do it. work. Yeah, I love it. it. Yeah. So tell me, what was the, you, I guess you had to understand that going through trying to come up with a serum thing was going to be a huge undertaking. So on top of the stress of your business being challenged, the pandemic and all that jazz, now you're taking on a whole new business. Was that what was going through your head to say this was the best path forward? I think it was because that was something I could do in the U.S. It was something that is. My stores, I've only been able to sell to a 30 mile area in each location. So I've always been landlocked. And the only way to grow after being in this business for so long is opening more stores. And I didn't want that headache, especially being in the state of California with more employees, because most of the time I'm at about 12 between both locations. I didn't want to deal with more landlords. The retail rents have gone through the roof because it's not like office space. Everybody got PPP. So we all still had money to pay rent. So it was, okay, what can I do that's online? Well, the cool thing now is I sell to the whole country. Most of my orders for Unveil are are everywhere. I mean, I'm always shipping to, you know, New York or Georgia, Florida. It, It doesn't matter. So now I've opened this whole new world. And that was one of my biggest considerations was I didn't want to be landlocked again. How could I do something that I can scale all the way to the moon versus not with my stores? It's how many hours am I open? How many chairs do I have? That's it. And once you have every chair booked every hour, there's no more to do but open another store. All right. There's nowhere to grow. There's no more. There's no more to grow. And then opening another store. Now you're talking getting employees, getting chairs, and you have to build up to before you're even profitable. Right. So to scale each time is a another big headache, I suppose. Huge, huge undertaking. Exactly. So those were some of the things that were in it. And plus, this was one of the the This was one of the only things where people complained a lot and that I didn't see something in that market that was, you know, all natural, non-toxic. Because remember, I'm working with cancer patients, so they don't want something with synthetic ingredients. They don't want hormone disruptors. So that was really important to me to make sure that this was clean and that it wouldn't, you know, if they can use it while they're on chemo or if somebody's um, post-pregnancy. So then they can use it even while they're breastfeeding, because whatever you put on your scalp is absorbed into your bloodstream. And people forget that sometimes when they're putting Rogaine or different, you know, synthetic products on them. 
Interesting. Yeah. So tell me, did you start out with a, a rough idea of what you wanted chemically, or did you have to meet with some people in lab coats that knew all kinds of chemistry or something like that? Well, I don't know I, where you start with something like this. Well, <clears throat> I had an advantage, like I said, was I was selling other products in this field, right? So mm -hmm. I had somewhat of a knowledge of what's in them and how they work, what the timetable is. I know about the hair cycles and your antigen phase, canogen phase, telogen phase, all that. So I've always, I've known that just by being in the hair loss industry. So what I needed the formulators for was when I was trying to come up with, you know, like with our shampoo that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks is, you know, I want to put rice water in it and then I need it to be sulfate free. But then how do you make it sud? Because sulfates are what makes the, the bubbles and stuff so that, you know, so all of those things are what I used and that they coached me through. So that's why it took about two years was because I would say, hey, I saw this online. I want to put this in there. No, that's water based and this is oil based and you can't mix them and stuff like that. So it's it's a whole new world. So for me, this is going to be my next 20 years, I hope. And now you get so excited because you look at things different. I'm like, wow, I could make that better or I wonder how they put that together. I wonder what's in that. And then I find myself looking at the back of, you know, other shampoos and stuff. And I'm trying to, oh, I know what that does. And so um, it, it's pretty cool. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. Tell me, you're trying to find the people in lab coats, the scientists, the chemists that put this stuff together. How do you find that? Because I can't imagine that yeah. you can just go on fiber.com or something like that to find lab people. I don't know. Where do you no. find people like that? So I have a network. I'm in a couple business groups. So I reached out to some of my friends in there. And then also Google that you really can kind of, you know, find people that make formulas and so forth. And you can also start with private label. So my product is not private labeled. It's con for completely proprietary, but I had private label items before for strut for my brick and mortar stores. So then I talked to them and I asked them first if they would formulate something for me. They said they don't do that. that. That's strictly all they do. That's why their price points low and they can sell you 24 versus when I did unveil, I had to buy 5,000 units. Oh, wow. You're talking bottles or jars? Yes. Or yes. 5,000. Ready or That's not? That's the minimum. That's the minimum. And that means, and I'm a very small fish still, you know, I mean, they're, they're wanting 50,000 units before you even start getting price breaks. Wow. Then you learn about lead times and then you learn about every ingredient takes a different amount of time. And then each cap, each, you know, lid, the, the label, there's so many pieces that go into it. And many times I was like, what am I doing? The stores are back <laughs> open. We're back going, you know, but I stayed focused on why I did it, which is what I told you is I wanted a larger audience. I wanted to be able to reach more people. I wouldn't be here on your podcast without something like this, right? Because this doesn't, I mean, it's good because as I told you, I had my own for a while helping salon owners, but this gives me a bigger reach and to talk about non-toxic beauty and to talk about, you know, what you put on your skin, on your body, your lotions, all that stuff goes in your body. And I know for myself, until I really started digging into it, I didn't think about that. I just put whatever I wanted on my skin because it smelled good or looked pretty or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal, especially with, you know, toxins and stuff building up and metals and metallics. You really have to think about that because cancer is a big thing because I see it every day in my store and they're getting younger and younger. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. scary, really. It is really scary. And especially in San Diego, I get ladies in their 30s, you know, that are going through chemo. 
and they've never smoked, they've never eaten meat, their yoga, all they do is drink wheatgrass and they've got cancer. And a lot of times, right. And I'll tell them, I'm like, you know, I think it's environmental and it could be all these other things that are in our house, like carpet or paint and, and stuff. So if we can do one thing and this one thing that, um, actually really changes the way someone feels about themselves because hair is part of your identity. And that's what I think sometimes even the doctors lose sight of with the um, wigs, because a lot of times they're not covered under cranial prosthesis. It's viewed as cosmetic. It really makes a difference on how a woman feels and how she shows up. I know when my hair looks amazing, I show up totally different than when it's in a, you know, ball on the top of my head, right? We all do. You you feel great about yourself when you've just gotten your hair cut, whatever. It oh, yeah. really does make a difference. Yeah, totally. As much yeah. as we like to say that we're not superficial like that, we're totally, we're, I mean, we're visual creatures. That's just the nature of the exactly. like this as far as that goes. Exactly. So, and you see yourself with it. Yeah, absolutely. You just feel good when you, when you look good, I guess, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. So when you were tackling this, well, let me back up a step. My sister uh, was dabbling into making her own makeup okay. and because of the same reasons that you mentioned the toxins and metals, all that kind of stuff. And I was trying to understand why doesn't or why hasn't some big, huge conglomerate company come out with something safer? Is it cheaper mm-hmm. to make stuff that's less good or is it? Yes. I, I guess I don't even want to guess. You probably know. Yes. I guess. Can you help me understand yeah, why this I... stuff hasn't already been out there? Well, it is cheaper. The ingredients are when you start getting into organic, it's just like buying raspberries for, for instance, right? Organic raspberries always cost more than the regular raspberries. It's the same thing with getting ingredients, getting certified costs a lot. Like we're doing consumer perception studies. Now we were also, um, when I, I emailed my formulator, I'm like, what does it mean to say that we're, you know, clinically or clinical products and all of this kind of stuff. There's so many extra things that go into it. And if you throw one ingredient in there, that's not like, you know, we have probably like 30 things in there. It throws the whole thing off. Oh, wow. So that's where, you know, it gets very expensive. Um, I think that a lot of them though are getting on that train now, especially like animal testing and all of that, you know, people don't want that anymore. Like we have, we're cruelty free. We're gluten free. Cause that's another thing here in San Diego. Gluten's a big deal. A lot of people are sensitive to it or don't want to, um, you know, absorb it. They don't want it in their hair products, which blew my mind. But I have a client here. Um, and when we did the private label shampoo, first thing she asked me was, was there gluten in there? And I was like, what does that matter? She's yeah, like, well, don't eat you know, it. <laughs> I, exactly. But it matters. So I remembered that from a few years ago and made sure that the product was gluten free. So I just paid attention to what people were saying, no matter how out there it was. I wanted to make sure it was inclusive for all those things that I heard. Interesting. That is a lot to keep track of. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's a little overwhelming. when When I look at the back of a shampoo bottle, I see water. And a few other ingredients that I can pronounce. And then below that, I see many, many very large words that I imagine have some kind of Latin in them or something like that. Yes. So, and there were, there was a time way back when, when I thought it'd be fun to look up what each of these ingredients does and why it does what it does. Yes. So, and a lot of times the information that I found was not necessarily uplifting. You're right. like, oh, that's not great. 
Right. So how do you accomplish the goal of, is it hair growth or hair rejuvenation or? Yeah. Well, technically I can't say hair growth because that's making a medical claim. So oh. we, um, yes. So I, and that's the other thing is I've had to hire attorneys to scrub my labels to make sure that I don't make any claims. So we promote hair growth. Okay. We don't, we don't grow it, I guess, um, to, to, <laughs> to be clear. It's so funny, right? Cause you have to be so careful of what you say. Um, I heard a really funny story from the attorney. So I guess this lady bought some bust lift cream and it said instant lift. So she buys it, uses it, I guess, for like a week, didn't lift her bus. She sued the company and won because it said instant bus lift. So I always wow. think of that when I'm writing something down. <laughs> like you have to be so careful because there's that one person out there. I mean, really, really, you think it's going to instantly do it? Uh, you just watch and pop up it goes. But that's what they said. Wow. Yes. That is so crazy. we say promotes thicker, fuller, a thicker, fuller head of hair. Okay. Which is so generic and I hated it, but my attorney's like, that's the best thing you can do. You know, I had targets, causes of hair loss and all this like cool stuff. He said, Kim, I wouldn't do that. All right. It's just that so promotes he, it. Right. Interesting. So is that an FDA thing or who's making that uh, distinction or says you can't make that distinction? The lawyers. The law. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that they don't want somebody to say, "Hey, I use this product and it didn't do. I didn't instantly lift my bust right. or something like that." Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, gotcha. Where promote is a vague enough term. Yes. It'd be tough to define. Like, hey, this my hair didn't get promoted. Exactly. Right. Yes. So we stay very vague. Yes. But like I said, that's why I'm doing the perception studies because it it does work. And so um, that's where the consumer perception studies is that. So we're, we've hired a company out of LA to where, you know, a hundred people are going to be using it. And then they'll say, you know, 90% of them noticed, you know, new hair after six weeks, because that's okay. kind of your hair growth cycle is 90 days. So what we have on the bottle that I'm okay with is in six weeks, you should start noticing your hair feeling thicker, stronger, uh, less breakage less shedding because it's anti-shedding, anti-breakage and promotes the hair growth. And then in 90 days, you should start seeing the little vellus, little baby hairs coming in because it takes, because every hair on your head's in a different hair growth cycle. So you have, so that's why it takes, you know, usually you need to go through three, three bottles at least, which would take you about six months to actually see a big difference. So we're really big on taking photographs because a lot of times you forget what it looked like originally six months later. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that. Cause I wanted to ask, how do you know if you're growing hairs that are you measuring? I can't imagine somebody's counting the hairs on your head. Maybe they are. I don't yeah. Know. Well, there's, there's companies you can pay to do that by the way. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are they looking at a little spot? Like, a, I don't know, three inch square spot and then just multiplying that times the head and yes, figuring yes. It out. they actually magnify it. And you can see the follicles and then they put like a little tattoo right there and then they wow. just keep counting it over and over. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you can, I don't ask my clients to do that. I just tell you to take a picture. <laughs> All right. Just look in the mirror. If you <laughs> see him, you're good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine a lot, I guess the concern is that it's to a point subjective. Yes. So that you want them to take pictures so that they know, Hey, before, after, is that a clear distinction? Yes. So you know that it's working. 
Yes. So is the idea that once they get it going, they have to use the product indefinitely? Or is this something that once we're good, we're good? Or tell me how right. that works. So there's no cure for hair loss, at least not yet. So right. yes, it's like toothpaste. You're going to have to just keep it in the bathroom and keep using it because whatever your trigger is. And the interesting thing that I've learned with this is it's almost like a roadmap. So for instance, with a woman per se, she's going to be having babies. And so she's post pregnancy. So she's going to need it. She's shedding. Then after that, she's in her 30s. She's married. She's stressed. She's going to need it. Then COVID happened. She's stressed. She's going to need it. Now she's perimenopausal. She's going to need it. She's about to hit menopause. Then after menopause, her hair changes. You almost need it the whole time because there's all these different factors. Well, if you stop using it, it's like dieting. You lost weight. You quit eating the donuts. Then you go back to the donuts and you gained the weight again. And then we did the same thing for men, right? So now you guys have DHT, you have higher testosterone. So then you have different times where that spikes because you go through hormone changes too. Plus you're married. Now there's three kids, you're stressed, they're screaming. So your hair starts shedding. You lost a parent, you lost an aunt, all these different things. Stress is one of the number one things besides genetics that can cause hair loss. Also, yes, huge stress. Stress is going to kill you. I mean, (laughs) you're probably not wrong. (laughs) It's a big deal. And and for me now with having three businesses, I'm very keen on watching that because I get overwhelmed and stressed with so much stuff going on. And I work really hard to have like a really strict morning routine to ground myself before my day starts. And my staff's at me and customers and all these things and deadlines because there's so much. And I know that that's so important to also take those breaks in there. And that's really good for your hair. So we also have a candle. It's called unwind. And the reason I did the candle was for that. A lot of this stuff I kind of built even around myself, you know, thinking about, okay, how can I remind myself to relax? How can I remind myself, set the mood? It's okay. You know, all these things that got us where we're at, James, that, that shows that, we've got this, whatever's here, we did all of this. And so here we are. And so remember to light that candle, set that mood because candles actually bring your stress down. And so we're using coconut wax in it so that that way it doesn't have chemicals in the um, candles. And then it smells like our shampoo. So we have a signature scent of bourbon, mandarin, and vanilla. So that was unisex. All right. And so when you come in our stores, we have it you know, the candles lit and then you're like, Oh, that smells so good. Well, that's what our shampoo is going to smell like when it comes out. That's cool. Are those scents together or those three? Yeah, no, they're together. It's a blend. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds like a good drink. Right. (laughs) I had to put the bourbon in for you guys. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about the candle. When are you lighting that candle then? So I light the candle in the evenings or when I'm working. I am very much a spiritual person, and I believe that that fire gives me creative energy. So when I'm reading all those labels and looking up all those words I don't understand, I light the candle because it just kind of lifts up my mood. And then at night, if I take a bath or whatever to soak my legs and stuff, then I put the candle on. So I use it, you know, a couple times a week. All right. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So tell me the employees that you had that were afraid to come back. Did they end up going away forever or did they eventually come back or how did that work? All my team came back. They did. Well, congrats to that. Thank you. I sent gift baskets and, you know, 
really, we did still weekly staff meetings and stuff. Um, they were afraid, you know, a lot of people, you know, of COVID and being around yeah. customers and stuff. So I, you know, since we were all social distancing, it was just my daughter and I. So I wasn't out and about and I was very careful since I was working with people with compromised immune systems. So I would just go in the shop, help them and leave. And I didn't feel nervous around them because, like I said, they were immune compromised. So I know they weren't out and about. And I never got COVID during that time. And so it was, it was fine. Um, so yeah, everybody came back that June. We opened back up June 1st in both stores. So I lost no one. Um, and that was really good. That felt, that felt good. That really took my leadership to a whole nother level. I was a co-author in a book, um, lead like a woman with my friend, Andrea, um, Houston. And one of the things in there that I was talking about is how going through something like that. And I think at the time then I had eight people keeping them positive, feeling good that they had job security. They had a place to come back to. I wasn't upset that they didn't want to work in the store. I was disappointed, but I wasn't upset, you know, like it's okay. I understand. And understanding that I had eight people that all felt differently, how this, how COVID is, I'm sure all of your listeners, right. Everybody had a different opinion. Mm -hmm. So I had to be okay with that and, and, and understand someone else's side. So that was really cool to play that neutral with it. But for me, I had bills to pay and I was going to work, <laughs> so, you know, Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember with my crew, I felt like there wasn't great leadership around us on any level. Okay. So I, with my crew, I felt, or I, I guess the way that I understood it, they had a lot of fear. They didn't know what mm. was going on. Exactly. And so I'm like, we got to just lead them and say, this is what's going to happen, right? I made a promise to you when I hired you that you'd have a job. You got a job. We're cool. We'll figure this out. It's not the end of the world, though. A lot of people wanted to preach that it was. Yeah, exactly. We'll, just, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And exactly. It worked. It worked. Yeah. It and that's what people are looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just looking for someone to tell them it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's kind of, you know, I just hired someone new. Um, she started yesterday, actually, in my San Diego store. And one of the things she said to me is she's like, I've seen you for the last 12 years here. I've seen you. And I said, exactly. We're not going anywhere. I, I'm looking for people that want a home. And mm -hmm. then that makes them feel good that they know. And then when COVID happened, I had already been through 2008, 2009, 2010. So I leaned on that. And actually during that time was how I was able to afford to move to San Diego. Because coming from Fresno, it's way cheaper. It's like the least expensive part of our state. It's farming town because my grandparents were farmers. And in 2011, I moved to San Diego and I actually signed a 10-year lease. And everybody's always like, you signed it, even your eyes. You signed a 10 year lease. Right. And I said, I was going for broke coming from Fresno to move to a metropolitan city like this. I was like, I have nothing. What's he going to take from me? I'm just, I'm going all in. And that's what I do is I burn my boats. I came and now I've been here 12 years in his location. And, you know, it's just finding somebody that you take a chance. We both took a chance on each other. All right. Landlord and you essentially. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, because I had looked at some other spaces when I decided I wanted to move here. And one of them said they would lease to me, but because I was from Fresno, they didn't think I'd make it. So they wanted a double deposit. Wow. And I said, I can't move in here with that kind of energy on me. Like, no, 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 no. Then another think one. you're going to fail? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And her space is right down the street from mine. 
And she's turned over at least two or three times in the 12 years I've been at MySpace. So every time I drive by, I smile. <laughs> like, you lost that. Uh-huh. And then the other one, which was in Del Mar, he wanted 50000 cash after I opened. So I had money to open. And then he's like, I need that sitting there to make sure I could pay the rent. And I said no. And so then the guy, Marty, that I ended up leasing with, he just. He, he fell in love with me and my daughter and the dream and um, yeah, took the chance and the rest is history. So far, so good, right? Yeah, so far, yeah, so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Did any of your people, your employees, did they transition over to help you, helping you with, uh, I want to say chemicals, <laughs> the, um, the hair care stuff or the the internet stuff or they're doing the, the local stuff and then you have other people doing the... Yeah. So I hired a whole new different team. Gotcha. So um, right. my salespeople for strut consultants, um, they're, they're pretty much in that. This is a whole different business. This is e-commerce versus okay. brick and mortar. So it really doesn't transcend. And I'm lucky enough that my, my team in the stores are so busy. They couldn't help me even if they wanted to, cause I need them to service the people walking in the store. So I have um, two full-time people that work with me on the social media team and the influencer outreach and all of that. Then I have a PR firm that I hired back in September. Then I have an SEO slash ads guy that works with me. Then I have the two attorneys. Then I have my formulators. So I, and Vail has its own, its own team. So I manage both sides. Wow. So how do you juggle your time between the two? Cause I imagine there's headaches with both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One or two. Yes. Um, the people on each side are really good people. Okay. And they and they believe in what we're doing on both sides. This side really wants to help the, you know, the clients that are struggling with their hair loss that need wigs and so forth. And, you know, I have store managers, they want to grow in that area. Um, we have front desks that then they move into sales. So they have a trajectory that they can go there. And if they ever wanted to come on this side and if they ever wanted to get into digital marketing, because really that's what I am now, not only a formulator, all I study now is digital marketing, right? We've got these products. I've got to get them out online, which is very different than what I've done brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd knock on doors, right? Now this yeah. isn't, I can't go knock on doors. Then this side believes in this business. Like um, I was on the phone with the PR company before I came and the main lady, Martha, was telling me how great her hair looked and how she saw new baby hairs and her hair's growing so fast and how happy she is. And we were talking about, that's amazing because if you don't believe in it, how are you going to pitch me and my product if you don't love my product? Right. So they love Unveil and they believe in the vision and they're passionate about it. So that, that's, what's, that's really cool is I have a really great team on both sides that support me. That is awesome. That has got to be yeah. rare. Yeah, I know that I lost most of my hair from employees. So kudos to you, <laughs> good team. I'm assuming it's employees. Oh, well, they caused me to want to pull my hair out too. There's extensions in here as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're all oh, good. Yes. Tell me about the one thing that I talk to people that do food is the packaging, the size okay. of the bottles, what, what yes. the material, whether it's glass or plastic. Yes. Wheeze bottle versus a cap and all that kind of stuff. Tell me about how you figured all that out. Oh, that was that was like I was saying about the components, right? Mm -hmm. So we're using glass bottles because I'm trying to stay sustainable. My daughter, as I mentioned before, is 26. So she's in that generation of everything is, you know, 
really has nothing in it. So how do you even have a product? Right. right. <laughs> so she, she was very much my sounding board because she was living with me at the time during COVID. So we decided on the glass bottles and I actually like that. I think it's better. I couldn't find the, um, a sustainable uh, sprayer, which we are looking on because my serum is actually a spray, but we did find our scalp brush and it is made out of wheatgrass. So it's actually biodegradable. And as I said, with the candle, it's glass and then it's got the coconut wax in it. So everything that we're bringing out. So as I'm working on the shampoo, we're using like bamboo for our, um, our lids. So as you unscrew it and then we're doing the squeeze and we're using recycled plastic because I can't really do glass um, shampoo and stuff. So <laughs> we're trying to do all of these kinds of things and then the labels and so forth. So, yeah, everything I'm doing, our boxes are um, biodegradable that we have the uh, product in. So, yes. And all that costs more. So what you were saying about with like the big companies and stuff is I'm trying to source all of these things. When you use recycled, when you use 100% cotton, anytime you do those kinds of things, they charge more for it. Mm -hmm. And just the scale of getting 5,000 versus whatever, 5 million bottles of right. whatever it is that right. competition is. Yes. So I pay much more now for 5,000 than once I hit, I think the next benchmarker they told me was like 25 or something. So they're big jumps as you go. And okay. then what's interesting is you're buying like the, the lids and they'll sell you 10,000 lids, but 5,000 bottles, or you have to buy 8,000 stickers, but you only have 5,000. So then you always end up with extra. Oh, because it's 12 buns. Yes. 12 yes. buns, eight hot dogs, right? Yes, Exactly. <laughs> It's so crazy. So oh. it's the same thing with this. You can't you can't make it all kind of line up. So then that's kind of a bummer because it, it's a little bit of waste. But um, we're using that in case, you know, maybe a bottle breaks or something happens and we can redo it. So it's OK. All right. So from a manufacturing point of view, does the where does this the chemicals come together? Is that you guys in a kitchen somewhere or is it? some guy with a 55 gallon drum or is it in some mad scientist factory somewhere? How yes, does that all work? It's in that factory it in, somewhere. All right. <laughs> for it to end up in a bottle in someone's hand, take me from whatever chemical places to the finished product. How does that all flow together? Yeah. So um, the I'm lucky with the final chemist that I ended up with actually works at the place where they actually put the stuff together. So oh. they're a turnkey company. So they actually do everything. So um, the chemist is there. They have all the machines and everything. They're in Arizona. And then they ship me the final product. I actually have the label shipped to them, the boxes shipped to them. And then they do all of that together. So they allow you to do that so I can have less touch points. Wow. That's incredible. Now this, yeah. Yeah. Well, this last time, though, um, the... See, and then you have to time everything. The, the packaging wasn't actually ready when the bottles were done. And I wanted them so fast. They sent me the bottles and we're actually hand stuffing this first 5,000 bottles because <laughs> I couldn't get them the, the boxes in time. And anyway, so it's a lot. I get <laughs> but it. It's so worth it. It's, it's so amazing. And it's such a journey. And when those bottles landed last October, I mean, it was like giving birth again. It was, oh, it was amazing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's got to be a cool feeling. It, yes, to have something that you totally did from scratch, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, to go through all that. 
So this product has been on the market for a little over a year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And yeah. what is, tell me about, you have this product, you have these bottles. How do you transition into getting those in front of people and actually moving product? So I'm very lucky since I have my stores. That was one of the first ways we started moving them. So that's why I didn't worry about the packaging. Cause I just, as soon as the product was ready and approved, I wanted it in the stores. So that's one of our main ways that we sell it. Also my trunk, I did like $20,000 in three months last year, just selling as soon as I would meet someone and I'm like, Oh, I've got this hair product. Or they'd say something about my hair. Literally. I just go to my car, like the Mary Kay lady lift my trunk up and I'm like, here you go. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) My Venmo blew up. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a bad thing, right? No, you know what people, you, I always like, Guerrilla marketing was always one of my biggest things, especially when I started so long ago and I didn't have any money at all. It was getting out there and however you can sell it, you sell it when you're starting. Plus, this was my first order. So I was doing still proof of concept because one of my mentors told me, if you can't sell 5000 you don't actually have a business. Not wrong. Yeah. Right. So because when I was like, oh, my God, that's so many. He's like, no, you need to be able to sell that many. So that was pretty awesome. Um, And then what else? Uh, So then we get the product and then I um, got the website done. That took longer than I thought. So that was supposed to be done in August of last year. Didn't get done until June of this year, which is when our ad started. Whoa, that's a timeline lapse. Holy cow. Two different people. Oh, no. (laughs) Two different people. So, you know, the things just keep hitting. And that's where I think people get knocked off, right? Every everything I did, there was always a moment to quit. It's like, you know, the guy promised me the website. It's a Shopify site, for goodness sakes. It can't be that (laughs) difficult. You know, three months later, and my, you know, we started in August. My product was coming in um, October. So, well, first, that was supposed to even be here in, in, in July. That was even late coming then. And then I still didn't even have the boxes. So like your first thing you kind of learn, it's like cooking. I'm trying to time all of these things together and none of it came together. So then being my overachieving self, I've tried to be as patient as I can that there's so when I can't control it. And finally, that's when you light the candle and you zen yourself because it's like, I have no control over this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what they're doing, you know, like with the website and then even like Black Friday. This was our first first Black Friday. I started noticing the sales weren't what I wanted them on Friday. And then one of my team members went on vacation. And I decided after that nobody can go on vacation on Black Friday because I'm up at like nine o'clock on Sunday changing our ad copy on the Shopify site. You know, it's like you just have to be willing to go. And then the order started spiking on Monday for our Cyber Monday. I was like, that wasn't good enough, you know. So then I, you know, I realized we didn't change the homepage banner and all this stuff. And then I was like, damn, whose job is that? There's four of us. Four of us didn't realize. (laughs) So so then, you know, my mom's like, that's okay. You know, you just write it all down and, you know, for next year, I'm like, but that's not the point. Four right. of us, because she's like, well, you know, you guys should have sat and thought about it. I'm like, we have a whole calendar. Like, we, we had it all mapped out. How did this get missed? But I caught it, and I fixed it. So right. that's the thing. You got to just get in there. And, you know, like I said, that's that's the founder's job, right? Nine o'clock on my Sunday. And then whack, sales went right through the roof. Yeah, that's funny. I always joke with my crew. I'm like, you guys get to punch in and out. I punched in once, and I'm still waiting to punch out. Yeah. 
You're in it. You're in it. You're in it. Then I wouldn't know what to do with myself now. I've been punched in for 21, almost 22 years. What would I do on I a Sunday? It. I get it. I get it. <laughs> get it. Yeah, there's yeah. uh I suppose I don't mean this offensively, but to myself as well, there's a little bit of ego involved there. Just like any, any entrepreneur, we just feel like we can do it better because we can. And so, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's ego or you're just, I don't know, whatever. You have the experience, the drive, whatever it takes to make it happen. But you also have the experience and drive to make it happen because your employees may not necessarily or not even be aware. Well, and it's ours. Mm-hmm. They're not checking it Sunday night. I was. Yeah. I saw something was wrong. And I so think, then yeah. I changed it. That is interesting that you just changed a little bit of copy and that was enough to move the needle. Yeah, well, copy is huge, right? The offer just wasn't compelling enough. We were doing a um, buy one bottle, buy one serum, get the scalp brush free. And it was converting, but just not, you know, I had made goals and it wasn't mm-hmm. hitting those goals. And then I went to 25% off site wide and then whack up it went for, for Cyber huh. Monday. So You know, we as a team thought, oh, that sounds so great because we want them to get the brush to go along with it. We'll give them that free. That's a $14 value. They actually get more off with the brush, unless they order a whole bunch, than the 25% off. But it sounds bigger. Sure. So it actually works to my benefit. But yeah, I start seeing all these site-wide, site-wide, and I'm looking and I was like, "That's that's what we needed. But it's ours. I know what you mean about ego. And of course it is because the first thing everybody asks me is how's your black Friday going? How's your weekend going? So <laughs> yeah, it's my ego, but number two, it's my business. They are mm-hmm. our employees. Now I do bonus my teams. The more we make what they do. And as it increases sales, then I give them a piece of it because I want them to watch too. Mm-hmm. I want them to see, Hey, that's not converting. That's going to affect my check too. So apparently I need to give them a bigger bonus. <laughs> they weren't watching. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just interviewed a guy talk, telling about ESOPs and stuff like that. And I was trying to navigate how you bonus employees or give employees enough of a piece, but it's based on how the company does each month so that they're motivated to actually do their job. Yeah. What you want yeah. them to do. Yeah. yeah. Challenging, but I mean, that's, that's the game that we play. That's in it. Exactly. Exactly. What have you seen over the course of the year? I imagine that you've seen like, hey, this, I don't know, this packaging isn't working or this, the way that we ship it isn't working or something like that. What have been some of the challenges logistically that you didn't necessarily know were going to be a thing? Well, I'm going to show you on the packaging that wasn't working. So this is very hard to read and they wouldn't send me the label. And so what happened was when I got it, I went, You can't read that. Now, keep in mind, I got these before I got the boxes. And so I've got 5,000 of not as readable as I wanted. And so it happens. Like they sent me a photo and on the photo it shined. So I was like, oh, okay, that looks great. And I'm like, are you sure? Like when this sits by itself on a display, it's going to show. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I get it. And I was like, who approved this? Have you guys ever worked in retail? Like that's not going to work. So now, now it's boxed. So it, it, it's fine. And then I learned about double brush stroking. Like the thing is, is you learn as you go, it's going to keep, you're going to keep making iterations next time. We're going to wrap it all the way up to the top because also it didn't fill all the way. I guess glass bottles have different um, weights and they go by weight because the way it's blown. And when they came, some of them were down below the line. And I said, oh, that's not going to work. Because remember, I don't have my boxes. I said, they all look different levels while they're sitting in the store. People aren't going to grab those. Oh, well, 
blah, 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 the weight thing or something. Well, then I learned about that. And I said, well, we're going to wrap those all the way to the top now. And so you just have to have forgiveness on these first couple runs. But the, the, the pill is, is you've got so many of them in those first runs. Oh, sure. So you got a bunch of the wrong ones. You know, or, but well, but you know what, though? They were great. They took them back. They took my whole palette at their expense, grabbed the palette back, filled them up for me and sent them back because I said, I'll never order from you. Then I'd have been on formulator number four. <laughs> But they took him back. So he redeemed himself. But, right. you know, it's stuff like that, that, you know, but I pushed on it. I mean, I was like, hey, that's your job to tell me. How would I know that it's based on the weight and the glass is all different versus plastic? So there's so many different things when you're doing it. It's mm-hmm. um, my, my brain like wants to explode. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, it's interesting. The guy took him back, took a whole pallet back. He did. Either he just understands, hey, we messed up, so we got to eat it. Or he's like, this lady's going to be making trillions of bottles. We better make it right. Yeah, probably both. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Kudos to you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So where can people find this? So um, online, Mm -hmm. unveilhaircare.com. And we do have um, a code for your listeners. If they just type in James. They can get 20% off and we're going to have that live from for 30 days from the date that you air this. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you for yeah. that. That's impressive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. We want to get everybody having fabulous hair. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I look in the mirror. Well, I got a camera, a security camera recently, and I was looking at a video because it said motion detected, right? And it turns out it was me. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, who's that bald guy? Because the camera is up there, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, that is. Well, I'm going to have to send you a bottle. Give it a whirl. <laughs> and what mm-hmm. I tell people to manage expectations. So here's the thing, because my mom uses it. She was kind of the reason why I started strut. My mom was struggling with thinning hair and um, was, you know, playing in wigs and all of that stuff. Well, with Unveil, she wanted to use it. And I said, why are you going to use this? You wear the wigs and stuff. And she's like, well, I just want to try and see what it will do. It's actually made her hair thicker, more manageable to where she feels like now if somebody like knocks on the door or something, she doesn't even have to put, a, put her wig on. Like I cut her hair not long ago and she's like, oh, it's like an actual little style. Now, will she go out to dinner and take photos and all that? No, she wants to wear her wig, but she loves it and she's noticed a difference. So basically what I tell people is it doesn't give you hair you never have. My mom will never have my hair. Got it from my dad, luckily. So that that's not going to happen. However, it did make her hair go back about five or six years. And that made her feel amazing. And it feels thicker. It like kind of changed the texture of her hair because the caffeine and niacin coat the hair. So it immediately makes your hair feel and appear thicker. Just the existing oh. hair that you've got. Then it helps with breakage. Because myself, being in my 40s now, you know, your hair starts breaking and you notice women, they'll have thick hair on the top, but then the bottom starts thinning out. So it helps with that. So it helps with breakage. It also is recovering our grays and all that. And then the shedding because of all those different things. So her hair stopped shedding as much. She showed me in her brush. Look, I don't have any hair on me and all of this. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Wow. So, yeah, it's really, it's really cool with that. So even like for yourself, I'm not going to tell you, you know, you're going to have your hair that you did when you were 20, 
But if I can take you back about 10 years and make it to where no more comes out, because what happens is as we get older, that's just a natural progression for most people. I mean, there are those guys that have thick, full hair when they're older, but most don't. And then it starts just slowly deteriorating. And this will help with that, with, like I said, that follicle miniaturization and the DHT blocking and so forth. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited now. Yeah. <laughs> I keep having to blame my employees. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can still blame them for that too, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably not wrong. I guess not with some of them anyways. You so, know, they I'll, do their best. If they're like kids, right? It's like, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I get it. That's cool. Tell me, I just, I know we don't have a ton of time here, but I wanted to talk about shipping. Because okay. that seems to be like it's a small world until you want to ship something. Yep. And then it gets to be a very large, expensive world. Yep. Tell me, especially with the glass bottles and stuff like that, has that been challenging trying to find ways to ship affordably or quickly or without breakage? Yes. Yeah. Um, the box helps. And then we have this really cool, like green. Um, uh, it's like the stuffing that looks really neat and we put it in a bag. I had these really cool little bags made so that the unboxing is lovely. So we put the box and the bag and the stuffing. So we actually haven't had that problem. The big problem we have actually a friend of mine just placed an order and I shipped it to him. And then he said, it said it was delivered in his mailbox and then it wasn't there. And I've had that happen with someone else too. So where did the package go? I dropped it off. They, it says that it got delivered and then I don't know if it went to a neighbor and then the neighbor decided to keep it or how that went. So that's been a challenge is then I, of course I reship it to whoever it is, but eating those costs have been more. Um, those ones I told you, most of the people aren't in California. So the shipping's a lot higher. I ship a lot to the East coast and mm -hmm. then we put it in a really nice box. So that's been kind of expensive. I also kept my um, shipping in-house. I'm not using a 3PL. I wanted to personally touch a lot of the first ones. A lot of times I'll initial it. Oh, wow. And Yeah. Yeah. Just right now while I can, while it's still small enough, you know, that I can do that. Um, so I make sure and look that everything goes out, has a cool little card, you know, with, like I said, where I sign it personally or something. And um, yeah, I think that's really important before I give that away and we get too big and lose that personal touch. Cause eventually I won't be able to do that. Right. You just scale to the point that you can't, or it's not reasonable to. Right. That's yeah. Fair. So that helps with our costs. That manages a lot of my costs because I've got it in house at my store and then my staff can do it. We check it, you know, some of those things with 3PLs, I had another friend that um, her product was sent there. There was a problem with it. Well, she didn't realize till some of it had already went out to customers. They complained, then they had to pull it out. See if I get it. When I saw that the sizing wasn't right, I was able to do it right away because I saw it. I'm All not right. having to wait yet. So I can quality control everything that comes in. Like we have a supplement. So we have three product main products right now is our hair serum, the scalp brush, and then our supplement. Because you also want to do from the inside as you're doing from the outside. And then our supplement is vegan because I'm vegetarian. So we have a vegan supplement. There's no gelatin in it. There's no shellfish in it. And it can actually replace your multivitamin. It's bioavailable. So I learned all of these things when I was researching on this. So when you ingest it with food, your body actually absorbs what it needs and then passes what it doesn't. So that's super huge that a lot wow. of people don't think about when they're taking supplements because there's really no regulation on it. No, 
Not much at all. Not at all. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's fascinating yeah. on so many levels. Just when I think that I was busy, I meet someone like <laughs> you and I'm like, oh, I must be bored. <laughs> that is cool. Well, Helena, I really appreciate you being on the show. Can you tell us the website one more time? Sure. Unveilhaircare.com. Unveilhaircare.com. I love it. And um, code James for 20% off. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. That's cool. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. What do you see? I don't know, two, three years down the road. Are you going to come up with more products or what's the, what is, excuse me, your roadmap looking like? So, um, mostly just focusing on unveil. Eventually I'm hoping to sell my stores to my team. I'd love mm. them to buy me out in like the next five years. I'd like to be out of strut and then run this baby for the, for the next 20. And then I figured I'm in like chunks of 20. I got my first 20 with brick and mortar, second 20 with um, unveil. And then probably my last 20, I'll do, you know, the give back with my, you know, coaching program I had and all of that, bring back the salon MBA and um, help other people, you know, with their businesses and, you know, more philanthropy and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's impressive. So congrats on all that you have going on. I'm excited to check this out. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, be here. Your podcast is amazing and I love all the shows and you have some really interesting um, topics that I think are very uh, poignant to where we're at right now, especially in the world we live in. We've had some cool guests and you are definitely yeah. on that list. So I appreciate that. Thank you. This has been Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. We are locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening or watching this on the web, if you could do us a huge favor, give it the big old thumbs up, subscribe, and of course, share it with your entrepreneurial friends, especially those that may have some thinning hair due to employees, challenges, all the entrepreneurial headaches that happen, right? One or two. One My or name two. is James Kidman. <laughs> And Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and receptionist services for service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com. And of course, the Bold Business Book, a book for the entrepreneur in all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. We'd like to thank you, our wonderful listeners, as well as our guest, Helena Gibson, owner, founder, chief, super awesome woman of Unveil Restorative Hair Care. And Helena, can you tell us that website one more time? Sure. Unveilhaircare.com. Awesome. Past episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business.